all of these kids bring hurt that came through relationship. They wear it like a millstone on their neck, not because of anything they've done, but because their closest, most important relationships failed them. And when hurt comes through relationship, healing can only come through relationship. And relationship with kids who have experienced trauma is difficult. They'll disrupt our ministry model. They'll present to us problems that we can't fix. They'll keep us up at night. But if not us, then who? Who will do what it takes to get those kids to Jesus? Welcome to the Missing Voices podcast. I'm your co-host, Caitlin Posey, and this podcast is all about youth ministry, young people on the margins of society and the church, and how we might better love, serve, and learn from those young people. We're convinced that these often overlooked or forgotten adolescents belong in the church and that our youth ministry should take them seriously. So with each episode, we'll take a look at these ideas and together wrestle with what the future of youth ministry might just look like. Let's dive in. So I am excited to introduce you all to our next guest on the Missing Voices podcast, Tyler Fuller from Crosspoint Church in Niceville, Florida. This episode is going to be a little bit different than our previous ones in the sense that we're giving you guys a behind-the-scenes peek at our 2020 Youth Ministry Forum that we held at Flagler College last February, just before coronavirus hit and kind of snuck in one of our big events for the year just before the virus hit the states pretty hard. So uh, we were grateful to have that time and also to have Tyler with us. Tyler is an alumni of the Flagler College Youth Ministry Program. And after he spent time here at Flagler, he went on to Asbury Seminary following his undergraduate work. So now Tyler works as the Associate Pastor of Missions at Cross Point Church and has a deep well of youth ministry experience. Tyler was part of a cohort of speakers that we unofficially named our TED Talk speakers. And what we did was we invited youth ministers from across the states to come and share a 15-minute story from the field with our audience. So Tyler is going to be sharing about his experience with foster care. He's going to be sharing about the ways that we can be advocates for kids in our communities who don't have advocates. So uh, we invite you to sit back and listen to Tyler's engaging stories from the field. He is an energetic speaker. I don't think that you will be bored with Tyler. I certainly was not as I listened to him last February. He is engaging. He is passionate. And uh, we're just so happy to have him on the podcast today. So welcome and enjoy Tyler Fuller. My name is Tyler. I, you guys don't know me, uh, and I have enough punk rock in my blood that anytime somebody gets on a stage that I don't know, I'm like, Who, who's, who's this? You know what I mean? Anybody, anybody feel that? Yeah. So this is who I am. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a graduate from Flag. I did the youth ministry program. Anybody do the youth ministry program here? Excellent. I did it 20 years ago, so that's how old I am. 
Uh, I was a Young Life leader here while I was doing that. Uh, and then since then, uh, I've gone on and I'm a, I'm a missions pastor in the panhandle of Florida. And I've got a whole bunch of kids. And so if you want to know why I'm up here, I got a whole bunch of kids, which is qualification because the kids that I have came into my house in different ways. I have two biological kids and four kids that are adopted. All of my adopted kids are a sibling set that was adopted through the foster care system. So that's a, a, a space I've worked in a lot and I have a lot of passion about. And that's really what I'm going to be chatting about. And so I don't take for granted that everyone understands even what foster care is. And I don't take it for granted because when I was a 19-year-old Young Life leader here, I had students that I was working with. One of them lived in a group home. It's no longer here, but it was like a quarter mile that way in downtown St. Augustine. And I knew this kid lived in a group home, but I had no idea why or what his context was. And like, is this an orphan or not an orphan? I just knew he lived with a bunch of other dudes in St. Augustine and not with his parents. And then later on, uh, after I had graduated college but was still working with Young Life, I met a kid named Ethan who he would like call me up and be like, hey, I want to hang out. I'm in downtown. And I would always ride my bike to hang out with him instead of drive because what he really wanted was a ride to the next place he was going. And so every time I showed up on my bike, he's like, oh. <laughs> and so Ethan, I knew Ethan well enough to know that he lived in a house kind of up towards Palatka where a guy had like 15 trailers in his backyard and he was housing a bunch of other students. And that was like the first time I've ever even heard of that happening. This is essentially what we call now like a professional foster parent, a person who's raising kids. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to do, but it's also, it's not this dude's parents. And so I had never heard of any of that. Uh, my wife and I had always felt called. Called's a, a funny word. It's, it's difficult. Uh, but in my life, there's only two things I've ever known that I was called to do. One, I know I was called to ministry, which is the only job I've ever had. I've been doing it for as long as I've had a job. Uh, and then two, I know that I was called to adoption. My wife and I dated in high school, and it's the only thing, we've, it's always been part of our story since we were like 17 years old. And we assumed that we would adopt internationally because at the time we were talking about this, that was like real hot in the church. Uh, it was like a, a real serious conversation, which is a beautiful and great thing to do. But as we pursued it, uh, it just didn't seem like the right fit for us. And so we pursued domestic private, which is... Um, this is the way to adopt in, in, in the States. And again, like we did all the process, got to the end. And I'm not a feeling person. Like I'm a very much concrete, logical person. But we just knew through the process that wasn't the right fit for us. And when the Lord, again, like if you knew me, this is so weird for me to talk about. When the Lord told my wife that we're meant to adopt through foster care, I still, this is like seven years ago, I still didn't have a clear sense of even what that meant. It was not even on the radar for me. So the bottom line is if you have no idea, a kid in foster care is a kid who's being raised by someone who's not their parents for any number of reasons. Um, they can't stay with biological parents, and that works out informally in a lot of ways. Every one of you in your youth group has people that are in informal foster care. We'll call that like people being raised by aunts and uncles and cousins and friends and grandmas. That's not foster care proper, but it's, it's doing the same sort of thing where someone else is taking responsibility for a kid whose caregiver's or inappropriate. Anybody got those in their group? You do. They're all over the place. Um, and when there's no uh, clear family ties or appropriate caregivers that they can get to relationally, then the state might take responsibility for a kid and basically place them with a stranger. That's how the kids that are my children came into my home. They, they got removed from their parents because their parents were inappropriate caregivers. They put, got put in my house. The state's goal is always to put a kid back with their biological parents because that's how the Lord built families. Parents are designed to raise children, uh, but it doesn't always work that way. So if you had no idea how foster care works, that's the long and short of it. You have kids in these situations in your group. 
and I'm not, I'm not supposed to do like uh, concrete stuff here, but, but something that you need to know, and I know that there's seminars addressing this as well, is that it's impossible for a kid to be raised by someone who's not their biological parents without experiencing trauma. A grandma loves a child deeply, and a grandma raising a grandkid is a beautiful thing, but it's impossible for a kid who doesn't get raised by two biological parents to not experience trauma. That is a traumatic event for a kid, and that affects everything uh, about how they interact with the world around them. And so I just want you to put that in the back of your head that these kids that are in our groups are experiencing the world differently uh, for that reason. And I just kind of want to close our time not by telling you what you're supposed to do, because really all I want you to do is know that these kids are out there and they're dealing with things that are difficult and they, they deal with the world differently because their experience has brought them into a different place. Um, and it's, it's enough for me just for everybody to know they're out there and that we're called to be Jesus with them and to deal with problems that we can't fix and to step in the most difficult situations in life that we can't resolve on our own just to be with them. That's enough for me. But I want to close our time with a Bible story. And so just total transparency here, y'all. I'm super nervous about telling y'all a Bible story, um, but I'm going to do it. And so now that I like the Bible, y'all, it's not that. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. If you would, there's no notes to be taken. There's no slides to look at. If you could just get in a space where you're ready to listen, I'm going to walk you through a story that I think outlines for us a little bit about what it looks like for us to uh, enter a world of a kid who's coming from a difficult place uh, and be Jesus with and for that kid. So if you could, take a minute, get yourself right, and uh, we'll, we'll tell a story. There's a story about Jesus in Mark chapter 10. He's on his way to Jerusalem where he'll be arrested and killed, and he stops to teach, and a crowd gathers. And as he's explaining to that crowd what it means to be a disciple, he's interrupted by parents who are bringing their kids forward. Mothers are pushing their way through the gathered masses to find hope and healing for their young sons. Fathers are loud and disruptive. They're passionate advocates for their young sons. If not them, then who? Who would do what it takes to get their kids to Jesus? And so they caused a scene. The disciples are annoyed. Don't you know who we are? We're going to sit at the right hand of God. The kids were a distraction to the disciples, to be, to be cast aside. The crowd is going to miss the point. Kids are loud, right? And unruly. And so Jesus sees the commotion, and he looks down and calls out to his disciples, let the children come to me. The kids were not a distraction to Jesus to be cast aside. The kids were the point. And it bears mentioning that the only reason that these kids got to Jesus in this story is that they had advocates causing a disruption on their behalf. Not every kid has an advocate. In my town, there are kids whose closest, most important relationships have failed them. No one is causing a disruption on their behalf. In my youth group, there are kids. I know because they're causing their own disruption in the middle of my talk because no one else will cause a disruption on their behalf so that they can be heard. In my home, there are kids that I call son and daughter that are only in my care because they needed an advocate and a place of hope and healing and love and home. All of these kids bring hurt that came through relationship. 
they wear it like a millstone on their neck, not because of anything they've done, but because their closest, most important relationships failed them. And when hurt comes through relationship, healing can only come through relationship. And relationship with kids who have experienced trauma is difficult. They'll disrupt our ministry model. They'll present to us problems that we can't fix. They'll keep us up at night. But if not us, then who? Who will do what it takes to get those kids to Jesus? Jesus said, let the children come to me. Let's pray. Lord, give us eyes to see kids that you've placed in our care that are hurting. Give us a heart that's willing to stand in difficult places with them. Give us a mind that's sharp uh, and willing to, to stay the course. Help us to do this well for kids that you love. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if we can put the questions up. Our lives and ministries are full of complex problems that we are called to engage with. It is common for us to feel great passion and empathy, use tremendous amounts of energy and money, pray, build teams and work, only to realize that the problem is outside of our control and we cannot fix it. How do you faithfully manage this tension in your ministry? How do you stay engaged in the face of unsolvable problems? One fact that defines the lives of kids in foster care is that the people with primary responsibility for support and advocacy, the family unit, is absent or inappropriate. How can you leverage your relationship and ministry structure to support and advocate for kids who need it most? All right, y'all. We hope you enjoyed Tyler Fuller as much as we did. I don't know about you, but when Tyler was talking about the story and Mark where Jesus is teaching and he's interrupted by parents pushing through the crowds to find healing for their children, I just almost lost it. I mean, what a powerful image to see parents stepping up as advocates for these young people in their lives to get to Jesus, to find hope, to find love, to find healing. Such a beautiful image that we can hold on to. And I was so grateful that Tyler shared that story with us and with you all. If you would like to follow more of Tyler's work, please check out his blog called Unremarkable Conjecture. It has a number of topics on it. It is hilarious. It is serious. It gives you a little bit more of a look into Tyler's world and some of his thoughts. And so I really encourage you to check it out. It's called Unremarkable Conjecture, which also has an Instagram account. And if you would like to keep up with our work at the Missing Voices Project, feel free to check out our website at missingvoices.flagler.edu. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Flagler College Youth Ministry. What a gift to be with you all today and to hear from Tyler Fuller about how we can better be advocates for the young people in our lives. What a powerful word that is for me and for all the people out there who are parents or are parent-like figures who are passionate and care for the young people in our lives. Just a beautiful word from Tyler. And we're so glad that you were able to join us. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.